0: Hi, I'm Lazarina Stoy, and this is SEO in 2023.
1: Lazarina, what's your number one SEO tip for
0: 2023? So my tip is to start utilizing Google Cloud's publicly available APIs to help you execute SEO. And uh, just to expand a little bit more on that, I think that uh, Google Cloud, and not only Google Cloud, but also uh, other giants like AWS and Microsoft, they have a bunch of APIs that uh, can be used by us SEOs as part of our role. So using the Google Cloud's ecosystem, just to name a few, The natural language API is one. The speech to text API is another one that we can use. Vision API has been quite popular, just another one that we can utilize for captioning images. Google Cloud Translation can be very useful when you're working with large scale internationalization projects. Knowledge Graph API is quite an interesting one that we should be incorporating into what we do, and I think all of these can provide us uh, just an additional layer to the work that we are doing and to the analysis that we are conducting that will help us understand our work a little bit better.
1: So there are many, many APIs that um, Google are now giving us access to. Um, If SEOs want to go to cloud.google.com slash APIs, um, they can see probably tens of, of different APIs. Why are Google giving us access to these APIs?
0: Oh, well, it's uh, they're making money out of it. They're not uh, 100% <laughs> free. <laughs> so it's, it's a massive business. Uh, so I think that's the first reason, right? Like profit. But also, I think uh, from my personal point of view, I wouldn't know the reason why, but I definitely feel like it makes Uh, if, If you know how to utilize them in different tasks, it makes your life a lot easier. And from my personal understanding, it would be interesting to know also how these APIs are used into some of their other products. So obviously, we know that these APIs have not been developed with the sole purpose of being released. So perhaps they have been developed as part of another product. So it's really interesting to think about. Obviously, like the Google Translate API has been released, but originally, it was used as part of Google Translate. The Entity Recognition Knowledge Graph, we know that these are being used in search. The Vision API is being used in image search as well and a bunch of other products that Google has. So it's very interesting to see how your content or maybe your website uh, looks from the point of view of uh, these systems that Google is using. And just to to kind of understand that a little bit better, if you wish, how they see your website, if they are using these APIs in the same form that they are being released.
1: So uh, we we talked about this briefly before we started recording, and I asked you who should be using these EAP APIs, and you said, under your breath, everyone. Um, So is it really the case that every SEO really needs to be aware of this and understand how these APIs are actually working?
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone is a very optimistic scenario, right? The reason why I'm an advocate of everyone experimenting with them is because I think they give an additional layer of understanding of what is happening. And I think it's a very uh, good perspective of seeing potentially how your website looks from the point of view of, uh, you know, a model or a system. So that's why I think it's it's good to, to have that. Also, because they are APIs uh, developed by a massive organization with a very big budget by literally the best researchers in the world, they are very advanced for what you get out of the box as a working model. And from that point of view, it's very easy to create uh, custom reports uh, based on a certain use case that you have in SEO. Uh, so for instance, if we talk about uh, entity identification, there are are a bunch of different use cases where we can use this type of task. And uh, typically it will be very hard to uh, understand or Uh, do entity recognition yourself if you're just starting to code that algorithm or starting to use an API out out of the box. So it's easier to start with something that has been developed by a corporation like Google or Amazon because they provide you with the code to start doing that. They provide you with uh, different use cases for a different platform. Let's say if you want to do it in Python or in Apps Script, in Google Sheets, you name it. And for that, we can apply it to different things, like, for instance, internal link work, uh, identifying anchor text opportunities. We can apply it to SERP analysis. We can apply it to content uh, analysis that we are doing. And this is just one example of many. So I think uh, everyone should start thinking about it.
1: So it would be great to dive into a specific API if possible and um, just get an example of um, the activity, the task that you were talking about there. So I I get you were talking about identifying anchor text and links to begin with. So which API would you use to do that?
0: Yeah, so the Google Cloud Natural Language API uh, is an API that allows for you to identify entities and to also do sentiment analysis and to do text annotations. Uh, So this is a very useful API if you are doing content analysis, SERP analysis, internal link, opportunity identification, anchor text identification. Obviously, only on its own, it can only identify entities, but we as SEOs, we collect a very large number of data and we compare the report or the extract of this API and pair that with crawl data. We compare pair that with uh, search volume data and we can uh, build a very interesting picture about you know correlations between different data points. And from that, we can, I think, come up with a lot more interesting scenarios about what we are doing in our day-to-day.
1: Why do SEOs need to be using these APIs directly? Is it not the case that maybe there are loads of different SEO tools out there, SEO platforms out there? Uh, Will they not be using Google APIs in their platform and will not be sufficient to actually use these platforms?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I hope that at some point they start incorporating uh, some of these APIs. Uh, Obviously, I think cost uh, is one uh, barrier to having this implemented. And also another barrier that I I think about, but obviously I'm not in that uh, sphere and I'm not sure whether this is an actual barrier or not, is just uh, being able to push this to production to a live system or a tool that you have. Uh, I believe that that might be a little bit more complex. might take more time obviously um, deployments even at google like there was recently a talk at brighton seo by uh, daniel weisberg and he walked us through the process of releasing an api at google was about a year and that's with uh, an api that was already available in Google. So I think uh, the time barrier is a big one as well. Uh, It's a lot uh, slower to wait for a tool to integrate that API. And for that, I think it's important to understand that you can start uh, using these APIs without even having any coding experience, because there is Google Sheets templates available for almost all of them. And you can uh, just quickly incorporate a very advanced level of understanding and analysis to your reports and your day-to-day work.
1: Another um, Google API you see available is speech-to-text. Um, so, so why would someone choose to, to want to use that? Because there are, there are many tools out there that offer speech-to-text. Would Google offer a higher quality, cheaper if you're doing it in high volume, or are there other benefits to using Google's API for that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Google's uh, API from my uh, personal testing for speech to text has been a lot more precise in recognizing speech. And also, uh, they do something else as well, which is uh, typically in a speech to text problem. Let's say, for instance, you have a YouTube video, but not just one, let's say 500 YouTube videos, and you're uh, working as an SEO. So, that's a good opportunity to, if that content only exists in a video form, to have that published also in a a textual form on your website. So having a transcript for that is a very uh, easy way to kind of repurpose that content as well, or to convert it to uh, a blog post, depending on the type of content it is. So um, having a speech to text uh, problem is very common in that case. But having an API that actually understands sentences, that understands very complex concepts being mentioned in those videos is very rare. And also even further in terms of how rare something is into this realm of problems is having proper punctuation into the sentences that are being transcribed live. Uh, So if you are, for instance, if you have this problem and you're working with a client like that, it's obviously important to find an API that does all of these things, understands text, understands complex entities, and understands punctuation and how to use that to the best of the ability of the API and uh, Google speech to text API is quite good at solving all three problems.
1: I mean, it certainly sounds something that's um, relevant and useful for Enterprise websites with millions of pages or uh, SEO is trying to perhaps produce transcripts for thousands of videos at the same time. Um, is it not, not the case that perhaps um, for smaller websites, SEO is operating with a, a smaller number of videos or different tests that they have to do. It's, it's probably not so appropriate for them.
0: Well, I would argue because especially if you have a smaller website, you have a very limited budget probably as well. And so the budget that you would have to commission a a person to transcribe videos would be quite big in comparison to having an automated API do that for you with a click of a button. So uh, I think that's a common misconception that, you know, using advanced and technical APIs, machine learning is something that should only be done for large scale enterprise organizations, but actually it is even more useful for people that don't have the budget. Because imagine if you can, if you have like maybe th- even just 30 videos or five videos and that is costing you the budget of maybe a campaign that you can do with PPC, or maybe even publishing five new content pieces because you have taken this budget and given it to someone transcribing videos. Uh, so I think it's all about removing the barriers of how difficult that is is perceived uh, as people. Uh, by people, so from that point of view, just removing the barrier of, you know, how difficult people think machine learning working with APIs is, and once you once you know that everything can be executed quite fairly easily, uh, then it can uh, replace a very large chunk of someone's budget, even if they're in a smaller organization.
1: If someone hasn't worked with APIs before, um, is there a lot of technical knowledge required in order to actually start using this? And is there also perhaps something like plugins available for popular CMSs in order to, to get things up and running quickly?
0: Yeah, that's a really great question. So I actually give a lot of props to Google Cloud uh, in terms of uh, the documentation that they provide for all of their APIs. They not only provide documentation on how to get started, but they also provide documentation in different languages. And obviously, as we know, one of the languages is Apps Script. So Apps Script is the language that allows you to build custom functions in Google Sheets. And uh, obviously, a function in Google Sheets, once it's built once, the only thing that you need to replace is just your API key. And I think that to answer your question, I don't know which CMSs use this uh, in order to make it readily available, but Google themselves have made it readily available to use most of these APIs, because you just have to copy paste the code from Apps Script that is uh, on their website. provide your API key after you have registered and uh, then you're good to go using this in the data that you already have in Google sheets so there's not really anything further to that that you you need to do so it's literally as simple as one or two different steps that you need to take
1: well you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023 so now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing so what's something that's seductive in terms of time but ultimately counterproductive what's something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023?
0: I think uh, keyword stuffing and optimizing content based on a singular keyword, (laughs) I think that's something that SEOs should stop doing in 2023. I think uh, we have moved um, very much past keyword-based optimizations in terms of content and also in terms of how we should be uh, tracking the performance of the content that we write. And I think optimizing based on a singular keyword is not really the way to go um, moving forward.
1: The challenge, obviously, is that your traditional SEO means that um, there's only so many characters within a title, only so many, so many characters within a heading tag. Uh, so is, is it not okay to have a core target keyword on a page, but then write naturally around that particular topic um, with a view to ranking for as many related keywords as possible?
0: Yeah, I think um, the understanding more so towards like what the topic includes, even if it doesn't include the keyword that you're writing for. I think that what I'm trying to say is a lot of SEOs still get really hung up on the concept of keywords, where instead uh, we are not really incorporating into the strategy that we're doing or the keyword research, the concept of topics, subtopics, and what are the different keywords and entities that make a topic come to life, if you wish. And that not only includes uh, a main keyword or a related keyword, or uh, it also includes the questions that people ask. Uh, So essentially all of the different things that make a certain website or site section or whatever it is, an authority on a topic. And this can go both ways. This can be something that is used to identify an opportunity um, in a marketplace, but it can also be used to identify maybe a place where maybe you shouldn't create content on this topic, right? So it can act as both both a positive and a negative thing for you to, to know this. So I think it's important to start doing that type of research as opposed to just... Kind collecting keywords and uh, optimising based on a singular keyword.
1: Lazarina Stoy is Senior SEO and Data Science Manager at Intrepid Digital, and you can find her over at lazarinastoy.com. Lazarina, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023.
0: Thank you so much, it's been a pleasure.
1: Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.